to More Living with Jim Brogan, your source of information for living the best years of your life, your way. For more than a decade, host Jim Brogan and his expert guests have come together each week to share important news and advice that can impact the lives and well-being of those who are retired and those nearing retirement. Learn about issues like health and fitness, financial planning, social security benefits, investment advice, and more. And now, here's the host of More Living, Jim Brogan. Good morning, East Tennessee, and welcome to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. This is News Talk 98.7 WOKI. The sun is out this morning. It's a little chilly, but thankfully the sun is out. And it did come out this morning in spite of one of the worst weeks in stock market history. Uh, We had one of the fastest market corrections in stock market history. And it's, of course, been driven by fears of the coronavirus. So let's, we're going to talk today on the show about what's been going on. How do we explain what happened this week in the markets and how it may have affected your money? And what do you need to be doing moving forward? And what's the difference in how you handle an investments uh, versus developing an actual financial plan and how that helps with all of this? Uh, but first, let's just kind of review everything that's been going on. Of course, um, you know, the first, really the whole week, um, the market did experience one of the fastest corrections in U.S. history. And certainly... Uh, the the outbreak and uncertainty of the coronavirus to me is the cause. Uh, now, I do think there's something to the fact that markets have been at all-time highs, and I think a lot of investors are jittery. You know, how long can the bull market run? Uh, and so, you know, when the sell-off started happening, I think it kind of snowballed a little bit, and then it just kind of fed into itself. So I think there was a little bit of that in there. I think, uh, you know, but mostly this is just tremendous fears over this coronavirus. And then we had the recent outbreaks in Japan, South Korea, and Italy. Then the concern that there's, you know, was this one person in California last Friday a week ago that, you know, didn't seem to have any connection to any travel or anybody that had traveled uh, from Asia. And so, you know, everything just kind of fed into itself. Um and, and, you know, the reason is it's all about how this could affect the markets. How will this affect economic activity down the road? Um, you know, there's been a shutdown of manufacturing in China. They're just now starting to pick that back up. Numbers of new cases in China have gone down. There's some concern of some health officials that they'll start picking back up again now that they're trying to, you know, start production again. I mean, schools in Japan are closed for several weeks. So, you know, services will get suspended. Certainly, uh, there's been implications with Starbucks and Apple, uh, just fundamental U.S. companies that are affected uh, in Asia by the outbreak. And so, you know, and we get a lot of our supply, uh, our supply chain comes from China and from that region of the world. And so that could then, you know, turn and, and have economic impact on us here. And, and how does it affect U.S. companies and their corporate earnings? So what do we make of all this? Uh, personally, I think that there has been a good bit of panic in the market sell-off that we've seen this week. And I think that it's been rampant 
short-term speculation that has driven the markets. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that there aren't legitimate concerns of what the spread of coronavirus will do to economic activity. You know, what will happen to economic growth here in the United States? What will happen to economic growth around the world? So those are legitimate concerns. But what has happened this week is rampant short-term speculation, in my opinion, that is that definitely has panic in it, in my view. Uh, but in reality, the true impact of this coronavirus and what it does economically, and therefore to our stock market, you know, may not be realized for as many as six months or nine months or maybe even 12 months. I mean, we're, we're way downstream of how this may actually affect economic activity, which is really what drives markets. So what we're seeing, what we saw this week was this rampant concern of, oh, my gosh, what is this going to do to profitability around the world and in the United States? And it's pure speculation and probably a little bit of panic, as I mentioned. So to me, trying to predict the final outcome is a fool's errand. You know, it's very important to remember that this issue with coronavirus is temporary. Now, granted, we don't know how long it will last or how deeply it will affect us, but it is temporary. And then, and then, and then life will go back to normal. Okay, and I'm not trying to be insensitive there. Um, you know, and there's been a lot of discussion, how, how similar is this to the actual flu and how many people the flu has killed this year in the United States. I'm not going to get into all of that. And, and, and I'm just trying to explain to you what has happened, what are the implications, and what do you need to be doing moving forward. But I think it's far too early to predict and assess its impact on economic activity and corporate earnings. So that's where building a financial plan is essential knowing that the reality of these types of market conditions can happen and they do happen. We need to plan for this kind of volatility before it happens. Now, we're already in it, so what do we need to be doing? I'm going to cover that on this show. But there are several planning factors that influence all this. You know, how diversified is your portfolio? How much are you invested and correlated to just the stock market? How much balance do you have of other asset classes that don't just move up and down with the stock market? You know, so you got a whole bunch of things that when one thing zigs, another zags. You know, certainly the more aggressive you want to be in the longer time of your uh, time horizon, like if you're 35 years old, you know, you really shouldn't be worrying too much about this unless it were to affect your job. I mean, you should be investing as much as you can while markets are down. As you get closer to retirement, diversification and stability of the portfolio becomes much, much more important. And then understanding that short-term money needs, short-term needs for cash or for income, should not be coming from market investments. And that is a fundamental tenet of wealth management. And that's where I think people are getting into, you know, could get into some trouble now. Well, what do I do, Jim? I need to I need to take income next month, and all my investments are down ten percent. You know that becomes a challenge. What if it becomes twenty or thirty or thirty five percent, and then you're compounding your losses because you're selling that those investments and spending the money. You know it's okay to sell something when it's down and reinvest it, but you don't ever want to sell it and, win, and spend it. So your shorter term needs 
uh, should be really, that money should already be protected. Uh, and I'm going to get into more of that when we talk about financial planning. Um, and then you should, you know, probably have the other thing that safe, stable investments do is they offer hedges for down markets in times like these. And as you get need more stability in a portfolio, as you get closer to needing retirement income, that becomes more and more important. So the principle of creating a financial plan based on when you'll need the money and what you need the money to accomplish for you becomes critically important. But, you know, fear, fear makes people do irrational things. And I think there's been a good bit of fear this week. I mean, you know, when I turn on the news, I mean, it can be scary. And then you have to cipher through that. I mean, there's a lot of politicalization in our news, even with this health outbreak, as we've seen. We're in a presidential election year. And so, you know, there's a lot of sensationalism. How do we sort through all that? Well, I think ultimately, um, you know, where, where investors make mistakes is when they make short, if, when they have short-term reactions to what should be a longer-term focus. All right. So, you know, when we have the right financial plan, the, you know, the short-term volatility of the market really shouldn't have a big impact on us as long as we've structured our investments pro properly. So we're focused on a longer-term result, and then we shouldn't get sidetracked by the shorter-term focus and reactions. So that's where people can get sideways. The problem I see is that, you know, most people I talk to, most people that come to my class, most people that probably listen to this show don't have a financial plan, really. You may have an investment plan, but you don't really have a financial plan. And so you don't know how to react to this because you don't, number one, you don't have a plan. And then it's number two, it's critically important that at least from a 30,000 foot view, you understand the mechanics of your plan. Like why is it put together the way that it is? Because then you're, you're not likely to panic. And investors make so many mistakes when they panic. You know, I should have pulled a study. There was a study that was done. It was a couple of years ago. And I should have it in front of me. And I'm just going to give you generalizations. But it had looked like at the last 30 years in the stock market. Or actually, no, it was 20 years. In the last 20 years in the stock market, the market had averaged uh, close to a 9% per year return. But the average, in that was like the S&P 500, the total return of the S&P 500, U.S. stocks. The average investor had made between 2 and 3% per year. And the reason for that, the number one reason, is making behavioral mistakes. Panic, fear, greed, all of the above. All right? Now, I'm not telling you to do nothing right now. I'm just telling you that a good financial plan will address all this. And then when we're in the midst of all this, if you don't have a comprehensive financial plan, then you need you know, to be very calculated uh, and measured with how you respond and make smart and wise financial decisions. So ultimately, what is the difference in having an investment plan and a financial plan? And what are the dramatic differences in that? Are you an investor or are you a speculator? How do you structure things so that moving forward, you don't have to get too concerned or too worried about 
short-term market volatility because we know it can and does happen just as we've seen this week. So I'll have more of that as we uh, when we come back as you listen to More Living with Jim Brogan only on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Listening to More Living with Jim Brogan. During the week, Jim is a financial advisor, an author, and speaker with an MBA from the University of Tennessee who specializes in helping people in or near retirement plan for the next phase of their lives. You can reach Brogan Financial during the week at 865 862 6800 or on the web at broganfinancial.com. And now, here's Senior Market Advisor Magazine's 2011 National Advisor of the Year and host of More Living, Jim Brogan. This is More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm your host, Jim Brogan, and we're talking about this crazy volatility in the stock market and what should you be doing about it? How will it maybe affect you in the future, and how can you uh, have, a, have a plan to where these kinds of things really don't get you super worried? Uh, where you can be successful, the, these things can and do happen. I mean, uh, granted, this was an historic week. I mean, it was an historic amount of volatility. As a matter of fact, uh, for yesterday, Friday, I don't think I've ever seen a day like that. I mean, at one point, the market was down over a thousand points again. Uh, now it was down eleven hundred points on the Dow Jones uh, Thursday, and then yesterday, at one point, it was down a thousand points. It was. The, the amount of swings back and forth yesterday, I mean, there were three and four and 500-point swings several times throughout the day up and down. And then in the last hour, it went up 600 points. I mean, it was just unbelievable the types of swings that we saw. All right? And you know what? Before I get to my to- back to my topic here of how do you, you know, react to this, I think, and, and this is part, really part of it is how you react to it is understanding what these point swings mean. Uh, again, with a long-term plan, you shouldn't be focusing on short-term results. You should have a plan. Part of your plan should be how you handle things in the short term where you have monies that aren't affected. Your short-term monies are not affected by what happened this week. But remember, like I saw the statistic yesterday that the 1,100-point drop, at least what I saw, uh, was the largest single-point drop in U.S. history. Well, but that's very misleading, okay? Because an 1,100-point drop on a Dow that was at 27,000 as an example, I mean, that's less than 4% is a lot less of a drop than, um, you know, when the market would go down 800 points and the Dow was 10,000. You know, that would have been an 8% drop, all right? So, you know, just be, you know, a a, a volatile... Movements up up to 1% are really not volatile days, and they're not super volatile until they get over 2%. So really, until the market movements at this point are not up over 500 points, it's not, I mean... 
over 250 would be somewhat volatile, but it's not super volatile until it gets over 500. So you need that context because, you know, we're used to those point movements at 10,000 and 12,000 and 15,000. But when the Dow's at 27,000, you know, an 1,100-point movement is just not as substantial. So that's kind of sensationalism. Don't let that scare you too much. Okay, I mean, the market was down 11 percent in in the week uh, for the month. You know, the market was up for part of February before, you know, up to February the 19th. The S&P 500 was up. So, you know, I think for the week or for the month, the market ended up I don't have the final numbers. The market ended up down probably about eight and a half to nine percent for the actual month. Okay, so. Um, but certainly a very, very volatile month. So let's just talk about, you know, what is a financial plan and how is that different than an investment plan? Because so many people with their money just focus on what investments to pick. What is the best investment plan? Is it a mix of mutual funds, ETFs, stocks? Should you use CD? Should you have an annuity? It's all about what investments you should pick. And that's not what a financial plan at all is at all. A financial plan is looking very critically at what do you want your money to accomplish for you and when do you want it to accomplish. You know, we have short-term needs, we have mid-term needs, and we have long-term needs. And building a financial plan acknowledges that where we understand how we handle our short-term monies is completely different, radically different than how we handle our long-term needs. There has to be a fundamental understanding of that. So a financial plan deals with all of that. And then it looks at what are the risks that could mitigate my ability to meet my goals with my money. You know, if you're going to retire in two years or one year, you know, How do you secure income in the early years of retirement where this stock market volatility is not going to affect you? You know, that's what we do for our clients. Our clients really shouldn't be hardly affected by this. I mean, psychologically, it can be unnerving. But our clients aren't depending on this money in the early years of retirement. We've already got that money secured for them where it can be say where they're drawing that income from things that are not down right now. You know, one of the real principles of wealth management is don't realize an investment loss. Don't spend. Let me rephrase that. That's really not the right way to say it. The right way to say it is don't spend an investment loss because it's okay to sell something when it's down and reinvest. Sometimes that's necessary to be strategic and be prudent. But it's not to spend an investment loss. Well, That means that money you need in two years for income or if you're younger and you're saving up to buy a car or a house or you have an emergency fund and you might need money in the next couple of years, that money shouldn't be invested in the stock market. You might as well just go to Las Vegas and throw craps or play blackjack because it's just it's just gambling. Now, if you don't need your money for, you know, 10 years, your risk investments then you're not as affected by this right now this week. Now, you still have to be aware of the cruel math of losses. You know, if you lose a lot, it takes a long time to recover those gains. I mean, those losses, excuse me. So you have to be aware of that. Let me explain what the cruel math of losses is. If I have a hundred, if you have $100,000 and you lose 50%, you now have $50,000, right? 
Well, if you have $50,000 and you want to get back to 100000 to go from fifty to a hundred, you have to make one hundred percent where you lost fifty. That is cruel math. You know, if you lose thirty-three percent, you gotta make fifty just to get to break even. By the way, the average bear market since nineteen hundred, we have them about every eight or so years, is over a forty percent downturn. If you lose forty percent of your money, you gotta make sixty-seven percent to get back to break even. If you're thirty years old, you've got plenty of time to go through downturns. But as you get closer to retirement and in retirement, you don't have that type of time. So even if you're focused out eight or ten years with your risk investments where you're you know, you've structured it where your short term income needs are coming from things that are stable and secure. You still, you know, probably tough to recover from a 35 or 40% loss on your risk money. It might not grow back much in eight or 10 years. So don't get me wrong. You still need a plan for handling volatility on your risk investments. But the most important thing is the money you need in the near term should not be invested in the stock market. And then money you need in five, you know, six or seven or eight years, it shouldn't be aggressively in the market. Because if we have a substantial lasting downturn, lasting bear market, then, you know, it's probably not going to grow any. It may recover, but it won't grow. And you got to worry about inflation. So this, you know, a financial plan is looking at what do you want out of your money and when do you need it? And, and the when do you need it part is just as important, really. And then having a plan to give you the greatest likelihood of getting there. And then what are the risks to that plan? So there are a lot of things to factor in. I mean, you know, I'm I'm focusing on the investment side. And I've mentioned some about the income plan. How do you fold in Social Security income? You know, your Social Security election is critical. And if you're going to delay your Social Security, that means you're, you know, if you need income in retirement and you're going to delay your Social Security to get those 8% per year increases to age 70, then, you know, you're going to need more income from your savings. You need more protection of that income in the early years so that this type of market volatility and, and instability doesn't really affect you in the early years of retirement. All right? Um, so, you know, your Social Security election could come into play in being critically important. There's tax planning, there's estate planning, there's health care. There are many, many facets that have to be addressed in a comprehensive financial plan. So when we come back, I'm going to get into a few more of those. And then I'm also going to say, you know, if you don't already have a plan um, and this market volatility, therefore, I, I agree, it'd be very unnerving because you don't have a plan. How do you go about doing things? when we're seeing this kind of volatility. So don't go away. This is More Living with Jim Brogan on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. weekly radio show, television news appearances, and adult education classes taught at the University of Tennessee and Pellissippi State Community College. Jim taps into his extensive knowledge and experience to address issues important to living your best retirement. Join Jim every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. here on Newstalk 98.7 WOKI and visit him online at broganfinancial.com. And now, here's the host of More Living, Jim Brogan. 
Welcome back to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. This is News Talk 98.7 WOKI, and part of being able to live the best years of your life your way is being able to be confident in your financial plan when we have weeks in the stock market like we've had the past week. And, you know, with what we do for our clients, you know, we've already protected their short-term income needs. They're not dependent on monies that are in the market in this in, in the short term. That, that's monies for down the road. Now, then we still got to address tremendous diversification and hedging and things because most of our clients that are retirement age, the money that they have invested in the market, they don't want to lose 40% in a downturn. Uh, but that's, you know, and, and so that's important to be able to measure and, and uh, assess their risk. Um, but, you know, if you have a question about all this and how this affects your money, um, feel free to give us a call. I don't take calls a lot on this show, but I'm happy to do it here in uh, studio. 656-8255. That's 656-TALK. Uh, 1-800-951-8255 if you're outside the area. But give us a call if you'd like to discuss uh, the market or what's going on or where we may be headed or how it affects your money. I'd be happy to talk Monday to you. Monday on the Phil Show. If you had... Now, the... Uh, so when it comes to our financial plan, um, it's investing for an outcome, and then what are the risks that could affect you getting to that outcome? And there are a lot of them. Um, you know, certainly on the investment side, it's not just when you'll need it, but it's also, you know, have you measured the actual risk that you're taking, and is it um, is it reasonable that you're taking an appropriate amount of risk? And, and that's an important thing to consider because investing is all about balancing risks and rewards. And on the one hand, you need to take enough risk because inflation is one of the real powerful opponents of retirement. So you need long-term growth. So you need to take enough risk, but you need to be careful you don't take too much risk. And then you also want to be careful you don't take more risk than you're comfortable with. You know, it's important to assess for you how much loss are you comfortable with in a bear market? Now, right now, the market's down from its high, I think about 12%. It was down 11 this week. But let's just say roughly 12. I don't have the exact number. Um, you know, a bear market is 20. The average bear market's over 40. So we're a long ways from that. But if we, it turns into a bear market and it ends up being average, let's say 42% roughly, you know, how much would you be likely to lose? We know we can't predict the future, but we can measure risk. And actually, measuring risk historically is a better predictor of future risk than when we look at actual returns, like what's past returns versus future returns. Measuring risks, you know, there's no foolproof way to do it but um, to predict the future, but it does give us more of an understanding of what your risk would be in the future. So it's important to look at all of those kinds of things. And, you know, because one of the big things is that you don't panic and make a bad decision that costs you in the long run. You know, if you, um, you know, panic and sell, then what happens if the market recovers in the next few weeks? When do you go back in? You know, it, it just it, it just creates a snowball of tough, difficult decisions. And anytime we try to time the market, it's very, very dangerous. And so when we build the financial plan based on when we'll need money and the risks we're comfortable with, and we measure those risks so we don't get big, big surprises, we're less apt to have a, you know, panic 
or have a behavioral mistake. So it's so critically important. Now then, a couple of other threats. One is income taxes. Um, I, I think it's going to be a challenging decade. The entire decade is going to be challenging to make a robust return. And if you can reduce your tax bill on your returns, which is on not only on your investment returns, but how you draw income, you look at tax-efficient ways of drawing income, you look at opportunities of taking advantage of low tax brackets before you're 72 years old and have to start taking IRA and 401k distributions, you look at maybe even a plan to be able to realize long-term capital gains at 0%, which a lot of our clients are able to do, especially in that sweet spot between retirement age and age 72. You know, you can really make hay and make some wise tax decisions. And then your estate planning has to be considered. How are your kids going to pay taxes on your IRAs and 401ks? The new SECURE Act was passed uh, right before Christmas. And it, uh, you know, your kids can't do, when they inherit your IRAs, your IRAs, they can't do what they used to be able to do, where they take distributions over their lifetime. Now they have to take it all over 10 years. If you've named them correctly as beneficiaries, if you haven't named them correctly, they have to take everything maybe over five years. So tax planning becomes even more critical for them, which is part of your estate plan. How are you going to be taxed on IRA withdrawals and then considering how they're going to be taxed? And then there's your health care plan. You know, how are you going to pay for health care? Now, I talked about this actually on the Phil show Thursday uh, because he asked me about health care costs. And I think the important thing, because there's you hear these numbers like, oh, the average retiree is going to spend $280,000 on health care. I think that's for a married couple throughout their retirement. Well, I mean, we don't pay for that all in one lump sum. You know, according to the Bureau of Labor, we're going to spend about $400,000 on our housing in retirement. But we don't think about that as, oh, how am I going to pay 400000 for my housing costs? I mean, that's kind of silly, right? We don't pay $280,000 for health care all at once in a lump sum. We pay it on an annual basis in our Medicare premiums and our supplement and with some utilization costs when we go to the doctor in the hospital. So you should build that into it. It's an itemized line on your financial plan in terms of your expenses that you need income to be able to cover that. You know, the average retiree at 65 years old spends about five to $6,000 a year on their health care all in. When you look at Medicare premium supplements and utilization, now then that's going to go up as you, that's the average that doesn't have a lot of significant, you know, maybe a couple of, maybe you're on blood pressure medicine and high cholesterol. You could have a couple things going on, but you're not in serious health problems. But then as you age, you're going to, you're going to, your utilization is going to go up. You could, you're going to have a little bit more cost. It could be 10000 a year per person when you're in your 80s. So you need a plan to be able to pay for that. So I'm not underestimating the, the, the reality of healthcare costs, but it's not a lump sum. It's something you pay every year. Then there's the threat of long-term healthcare. And unfortunately, the problem is if you don't have the resources to pay for long-term health care, because six out of, or excuse me, seven out of 10 people, 65 years old are going to need long-term health care. So 70%. It's almost 50% likely a married and a husband and wife are both going to need long-term health care. So do you have a plan to be able to provide the resources for that so that your loved one that helps take care of you, that it doesn't change their life forever as well? Because unfortunately, uh, you know, actually oftentimes uh, the, the healthy spouse ends up dying before 
the, um, the, the spouse that needs long-term care because the healthy spouse has to provide for all that care and be the primary caregiver, and it's a huge emotional and physical burden. So, again, these are risks to you being able to have success with your money and with your life. And so a financial plan looks at all of that and then acknowledges that there are crazy things that happen, especially in the short term in the stock market. And we address those things before they happen. So our clients right now, you know, uh, we, we've secured their income in the near term. They're not going to have to pull from this money that's in the market. And their money that's in the market, as a rule, are not down nearly as much as this U.S. stock market. Um, I'm not saying everybody, because some people are more aggressive. Every plan should be unique for you. Uh, but, you know, you should be measuring all of that. Now, I will tell you, that is th- this is all stuff that I teach in my college classes. You know, University of Tennessee has them, Mississippi State has them, and I'm fortunate enough to be able to teach them. My next one on March the 3rd and 10th is just about full. There might be room for two or three more people. I know we were almost full as of Thursday. Um, I didn't check the number today, but if you want to find out, go to PellissippiRetirementPlanning.com. You can get more information and download a syllabus, and you can click to register if there is an opening. But if it is full, I'm going to be in Blount County in April, and then at the end of April and into early May, the last week of April and first week of May, I'm going to be at University of Tennessee downtown. And I do two two two-hour sessions. And I cover seven major areas of how to create a complete plan that as much as we can takes the short-term market volatility out of the equation as much as we possibly can. All right, I would love to see you there again. Go to, um, the, actually, just if you want to see the whole schedule, go to broganfinancial.com and click on uh, the link for classes. Again, broganfinancial.com, click on classes. I'd love to see you there. Um, now, I'll tell you what, when we come back, what if you don't have a plan now and you're very, very nervous about where this is headed with the, with the coronavirus and its effect on the stock market, and yet we've got these seven, 800, sometimes 1,000-point swings daily, how do you react and not make a critical mistake? So stay tuned. I'll talk about that in my final segment as you listen to more Living with Jim Brogan on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. for listening to More Living with Jim Brogan. If you miss any of today's show or want to listen to it again, visit broganfinancial.com where you can access the podcast and other educational materials to help you in your journey through retirement. And now, here's Senior Market Advisor Magazine's 2011 National Advisor of the Year and host of More Living, Jim Brogan. Thanks for tuning in this morning to More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKIs. We're discussing this week's market volatility, which is short term. Now, we don't know how long it's going to last. Trying to predict it is a fool's errand. We don't know how the coronavirus is going to spread. I do think it's going to get worse. But, it, you know, this is temporary. This is transitory. It is not permanent. So, you know... 
our in, our investments that are invested for the longer term, which you know is uh, is our growth oriented stuff. Uh, you know, we, we gotta we gotta be smart about how we handle this. Now, if you, I've been talking today, and I'm sorry, I'm a little bit out of breath. I've run to my car <laughs> there between the break, and boy, I tell you what, I guess I need to be working out more. What about you, Colin? <laughs> oh, no, yeah, for sure I need to get in the gym. Oh, gracious. I swim a couple times a week, but obviously I need to do more. Um, but anyway, so I've been talking about a financial plan. Now, what do you do if you, you know, haven't really gotten your arms around your planning, and maybe you haven't assessed your, the risk in your portfolio, and you just don't know, and you're nervous right now, how do you need to be responding to what's going on right now? And I think that's super, super important. And here would be my counsel. I think there are a couple of things. One, I think you need to be um, very measured and calculated in what you do. And there is a good bit of panic right now in the market. I don't know how long that's going to last. And it can be very dangerous trying to um, figure things out and making a lot of doing a lot of trading into the teeth of a lot of volatility. However, I do think you need to work at creating a plan based on where you are now today and where you want to be. And then it's a matter of being smart about how you implement that plan. There's no reason that you can't go ahead and be developing a plan of how you need to structure your money both now and into the future to secure your ability to retire. Or if you're already retired, secure your ability to stay retired and be successful and thrive in retirement. There's no reason you shouldn't be going ahead and doing that. And if you're, you know, like I say, if you're if you're not retired, go ahead and start working on the plan. Then the question becomes, how do you implement the plan and when do you implement the plan and doing it in a reasonable kind of a way where you don't expose yourself to big mistakes in what has been somewhat of a panicked type of a market. All right. So I think that's the key. So don't don't put it off. Go ahead and start working on it. A great way to start getting the information for that is is uh, the class I'm teaching next week at Pellissippi State, March 3rd and 10th. You can go to PellissippiRetirementPlanning.com. Um, we're almost full. So hopefully we still got room. I didn't check the numbers this morning. Uh, we were almost full Thursday. But hopefully there's still room. I'd love to see you there. Again, go to PellissippiRetirementPlanning.com or you can call Pellissippi at 539-7167. If it is full, I'm, I'm in Blunt County in, eight, in early April and then I'm at, at, back at UT downtown at the end of April and early May. For our full schedule, go to BroganFinancial.com, click on classes. Now, you can also follow me online. If you go to BroganFinancial.com, you can sign up for our weekly e-newsletter e- blast. And I'm going to have a blog coming out early next week about coronavirus and about the markets and what it means for you and me and how we should be reacting to it. But if you just don't know where you stand and you don't know what your risks are, you know, the market's down, like I say, 11, 12 percent. A bear market is over 40. Uh, So go ahead and start working on your plan. Uh, implementation, you got to be smart and measured in how you implement the plan in consideration of what's going on in the market. But you need to be, you need to be working forward on something like that with some progress so you can secure your ability to do what you want to do. If you're planning on retiring in a year or two, 
this, you know, this past week shouldn't affect your ability to do that. But it could if this turns into a 30 or 40% downturn if you don't look at doing a plan and protecting your ability to retire. All right, or if you are already retired that you don't figure, you know, it doesn't turn into a situation where you've made a critical mistake and you can't really undo it. You know, we only get one chance to retire. So we've got to be careful we don't make a critical mistake. Okay, so um, those, those would be my biggest tips in terms of how you need to be handling your money. Uh, just, you know, caution, um, you know, be sane, uh, work on developing your plan, and instead of just trying to pick investments, work on how can you structure your money to accomplish your goals and what are the risks to all of those goals. All right. Now, in closing, I just want to layer in here that we're in a presidential election year. And I think the result of that is we have a lot of heightened sensitivity in the markets. And I think that's going to happen throughout the whole year. You know, I don't know where the year's going to end up. At the beginning of the year, I would have said I'd think a modest gain in the markets. Uh, with this coronavirus, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen in November in the election? It's certainly a heightened sensitivity right now. Even the reactions to coronavirus are heightened uh, and overly politicized. And I hate it, and I know many of y'all hate it, that they're taking this potential serious medical issue and they're politicizing it. Uh, We all hate that. I think most people do. Uh, But it's the reality. And then the media sensationalizes it. How much did that contribute to the stock market decline this past week? I don't know that we can ever pinpoint that, but I think it's naive to think it didn't make an impact. Because when people are on TV, you know, sensationalizing things like this, investors are more prone to panic, and that feeds uh, the beast. And the beast is the market turning down the way that it did, because we have these massive, this massive selling. So we're in a hypersensitive world, we got an election coming up, and this election could prove to be a very, very pivotal point in our future. Now, you've heard me talk about that politics historically doesn't really have a tremendous effect on the stock market. The, the, you know, the markets don't seem to prefer one candidate or one party over another being in office, uh, not strongly anyway. If anything, what the markets prefer is a divided government, you know, where the, the party that has the White House doesn't have both arms of Congress. But bottom line is, um, you know, this may be different. You know, if we end up with a Bernie Sanders versus Donald Trump uh, presidential election, you have a tremendous dichotomy uh, of two candidates on two extremes, capitalism versus socialism. Now, if we have a more moderate candidate like Joe Biden or Michael Bloomberg or, or whomever, then, you know, it's maybe not as sensationalized of a choice but the bottom line is we need to make smart decisions based on our money and we do that by looking at when we're going to need our money and we 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 understand that our short-term needs don't need to be invested in the stock market the early years of retirement we don't need to be drawing income from monies that are invested in the stock market monies that are invested for the longer term is where we take risks we need to measure and calculate the risks that we take So we don't get any surprises because when we get big surprises, we're prone to make emotional decisions and emotional mistakes and panic. 
And a lot of investors did that this week. So, uh, you know, stay tuned to my show. Follow me online. You can attend our classes. Go to broganfinancial.com. Click on classes for more information. And there's just a wealth of information there. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, cooler heads will prevail. And uh, in the meantime, let's not lose sight uh, of exactly what we want our money to accomplish. And, you know, if you're one of those that sits in front of the news all day, watching all the sensationalism on Fox or CNN or, or something like that, uh, when it comes to the reporting uh, of the panic and the fear, uh, just be careful that that doesn't overly feed into what you're thinking with your money and what you do with your money. Because when you watch media, you know, they're trying to attract viewership. And the more they can sensationalize the message, the more viewership they're likely to receive. And then they have more viewers and then they can make more money and people pay more for ads because they have more viewers. So just try to watch things with a little bit of a filter. And uh, in the long term, understand that short-term volatility in a good financial plan should not affect your long-term plan because you've structured your short-term needs with monies that are not invested in the stock market. Thank you for tuning in this week. We've discussed your wealth because greater wealth provides for more living so you can live the best years of your life your way. This is More Living with Jim Brogan on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. The views expressed by Jim Brogan and his guests are not that of Cumulus Media. Any discussion of financial, legal, and tax planning strategies is not intended to be individualized advice and is general in nature. Always consult with your advisor for advice specific to your needs. This program's content does not represent a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment by Jim Brogan or Brogan Financial Incorporated.